In a world filled with information, where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! Death and taxes, they say they're the only two certainties in life. But in retirement, making the wrong decision because you fear taxes could bring death to your plan for financial independence. Taxes and retirement on today's show. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Get Ready for the Future show. We are, as always, glad to have you along for another edition. My name is Scott Inman, John Shrewsbury, and Troy Johnson in the third chair today. Welcome to both of you. Everything going okay this morning? Going good. Yeah. Uh, I'm honored that Troy is here. Yeah. Honored. Yeah. Honored. Yes. I, didn't, I didn't know we were talking about taxes. I might have to go. <laughs> this is my least favorite subject. I'm sure it is for most of our listeners. Well, full disclosure, we were talking about SEC football before we took the airwaves today. And we were like, okay, got to put the uh, football talk to bed and we're settling in and getting focused on taxes. Yeah. That yeah. may turn a few listeners or viewers off today, right? Yeah, oh, it could I be. I, but it is something that's on particularly pre-retirees' minds. We get it day in and day out in client meeting rooms here at GenWealth, the concern over how their retirement dollars are going to be taxed. And the reality is here right off the top, the headline is it's going to be different. It's going to look much different than it did in your work life. And it is an important part of holistic financial planning and retirement income planning. And it's what we do at GenWealth. So what we're going to do today, though, is we're going to get specific and we're going to give you some straight talk on taxes because we do get the feeling, if you really sample, I think, guys, the noise that's out there. And that's what we constantly battle, whatever the subject, about retirement, about investments, about money. There's a lot of noise out there produced by a lot of different people uh, that will just say their priorities are not necessarily where they should be as far as the best interest of the client always. Uh, there is noise out there that really creates fear about taxes. And I do think that pre-retirees can fall prey or can fall victim to making a decision they shouldn't because of that fear. Yeah, there are strategies that are touted out there that supposedly are going to save you taxes, but all they really do is get you in front of somebody that wants to invest your money or take your money or whatever the case may be. And literally, those things can be incredibly uh harmful to your overall financial situation. And, you know, they're they're capitalizing, Troy, on a situation where people are already concerned about rising taxes and, mm -hmm. you know, a party is going to raise taxes uh, where it's going to be just untenable for the middle class and, and all this type of thing. But in reality, when people actually look at how much they're paying in taxes in retirement, it's not nearly as dramatized as, as it would be uh, in, in terms of how some people communicate it. Yeah, you know, in preparation for this show, we have heard advertisements from other companies that say, you know, the IRS owns 50% of your 401k. Mm. And, you know, maybe you could make a stretch of the imagination there. And you said, well, if you have a lot of money in your 401k and if you cashed it all out at one time, that would be a lot of taxable income that would come to you. But even at that point, um, you know, the highest federal tax bracket is 37% and not all of your income is taxed at that rate. So uh, I don't see where 
anybody's paying 50 percent tax on their retirement income uh, thoughts on that yeah, yeah I, I just you know I, it's hype is let's just call it what it is it's hype it's a scare tactic to try to lure you in to do something about that well what can you do about it let's let's kind of talk about this when money is in some type of qualified plan meaning a 401k plan or an ira there's not a whole lot of way around paying the tax that's due on that money now i've heard the pitch that says well taxes are going to go through the roof and you ought to take all that money out of your 401k right now and pay taxes on all of it and then go put it in something mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. or what and whatever the pitch is for the product it it is again you're you're throwing the baby out with the bathwater when you do this and uh, but a lot of people are getting lured into thinking they've got to do something to get ahead of the coming tax bubble well here's the deal you are creating the very problem you're saying you're trying to avoid yep. to troy's point about the only way 50 percent of your ira or 401k is going to be taken by the government in taxes is if you take it out in a huge lump sum right that's the only feasible way that's going to happen because it's going to be layered in that case on top of your other income which will connect you to that higher federal income tax bracket and that's the thing you really have to pay attention to i think the most when you start this discussion about taxes is to recognize that we're in a tiered federal income tax situation your first few dollars are taxed at a very low percentage in fact at 10 percent. then it goes to 12 it's only those really high incomes that are ever going to be subject to those high uh, percentages now to the point of tax rates are probably going to go up in the future i believe that i do think that's probably going to happen in the next 20 or 30 years right but it goes to what our friend brian westbury talks about when he talks about the national debt when he talks about forecasting the next six months or 12 months of the economy he, t- he likens it, he uses the analogy of a baseball game. And maybe you guys have heard him use this, right? Mm-hmm. He talks about if you told me that we were going to play a baseball game and in the first six innings of that game, the rules are like every baseball game that's ever been played. But beginning in the top of the seventh inning, we're going to change the rules. How would you change the way you played those first six innings? You wouldn't. You right. would play them based on the rules that you know because you don't know how they're going to change the rules in the seventh inning. That's about the national debt. Taxes are the same way. We can make assumptions that taxes are going to go up, but we've got a plan with what we know today. Yeah, and I think we've got to go back to the basics and look at, at how the tax uh, structure is set up and what you've got to do to, to kind of deal with that. So let's let's go back to what I said earlier. Most people retire with either all of their sources of income coming from pre-tax accounts, meaning 401k or traditional IRA, or a mix of pre-tax and Roth and maybe after-tax investments. And after-tax investments would be investments that you just put in a brokerage account and let them grow, and maybe you pay a capital gain tax on something if you sell it or whatever the case may be. Now, if you take a look at that, when it comes to the pre-tax accounts, like the IRAs and the 401k plans, you have two options. Either you pay the tax on what you withdraw at the rate that you have to pay it, or you look at converting those dollars into Roth dollars and paying tax on whatever the lump sum is that you decide that you want to convert. Now, it's important to know that any amounts converted in a Roth IRA will be added to your income when you have earned, that you've earned during that, that current tax year. So, Troy, oftentimes we have retirees come in and say, do I need to be converting to a Roth? And there's really not any real mathematical point to doing so. 
Yeah, there needs to be a, an analysis done to see if it makes sense to convert to Roth because if you're closer to retirement, you don't have a lot of time for that money to grow um, potentially, which is the biggest uh, benefit to doing a Roth conversion. Um, the other thing, you know, one third opportunity that some people might have once you reach the age of, of 70 and a half years old, you can do what's called a qualified charitable distribution. And that is where instead of taking money out of your IRA and, and it coming to you, you send it to any 501c3 organization. So that could be your church. So once you reach that age, if you're already given money to any charity, then instead of, especially if you're wanting to reduce your tax liability, if you're already sending money to a charity, you could send it directly from your IRA. That would help you out on taxes. So that's a good strategy to kind of reduce your tax liability once you're in retirement. All of that is forward-looking tax strategies that you can employ over time and reduce your current year's tax liability. But Scott, I think that where we run into a problem with some of this is that there is this tout that there is some secret way of avoiding taxes on qualified money. Yeah, and you laid out the two options you have. The only other option would be to withdraw the money, which is what we just talked about. That's not in lump sum way to do it and you're going to pay tax on that lump sum so you either pay tax on the withdrawal whether it's a small withdrawal or a lump sum withdrawal or you look at converting to a Roth I think the other thing I would point out too because I did have this conversation with a client just earlier this week about do I need a Roth conversion because the the they have been given some advice that they should do that and it's certainly uh, worth looking into as Troy said analyze it see if it makes sense And maybe if you have several years left until you retire and you're only doing a little bit at a time. But the other big issue that you have to consider is when you convert it, the taxes are going to need to be paid with cash on the sidelines, right? I mean, you're you're going to need to, if you convert $100,000 and you have $15,000 in taxes due, remember that $100,000 you convert is all going to stay invested. It's going to go into that new Roth IRA. So you're going to be on the hook for the $15,000 you owe in taxes out of your pocket and that's that's really i think where it gets prohibitive for most most pre-retirees even if they really just want to do it is do they have money they can part with to pay the taxes yeah and i think that you have to understand kind of how the tax situation is set up for a retiree here at GenWealth, if you come in and work with us then we're going to actually calculate help you calculate what your withholding should be from your distribution checks that you're getting. And so this is very similar to how you're paying taxes right now on your paycheck. If you're working and you're thinking about retiring, so you you basically say, I, I want to sort of do the same system that I've done all these years. And so we will set that up. Now, there is a big difference in that you're not paying Social Security tax when you retire. So you're not, you don't have earned income when you retire, so you don't have to worry about Social Security withholdings, but you have state and federal withholdings. And so uh, when we set up a monthly distribution for a client, we're going to look at what their net paycheck needs to be. And then we will send the rest of that distribution to the IRS and to the state of Arkansas so that your taxes are already taken care of in your distribution. And then John wants, you know, clients sometimes want to know how is that all kept up with well you just simply get a 1099 in the mail uh, at the end of the year that shows how much you have withdrawn how many how much taxes have been 
uh, withheld, and then you just turn that into whoever does your taxes for you. Well, and and here's the thing. I and I wanted. I actually created this little illustration. This might get a little bit tedious, but I want to walk through this so everybody can understand. Because the big question is, well, how much should I withhold? Right. I, I, I'm in the 22% tax bracket. Should I withhold 22% federal? Well, probably not mm-hmm. because of the graduated tax bracket. So here's what happens. This may be a little bit of a of a uh, as I said, a little bit tedious. But let's talk about a federal income tax return. We have this graduated tax system in America where you have a standard deduction. And in the case of when you are 65, you're going to have an above 65 additional deduction to the standard deduction. Now, the standard deduction is one level if you're single, another level, a higher level, twice the level if you're married and filing jointly. Now, after the standard deduction, you pay this tiered percentage of tax based on how much taxable income that you have. For example, you would pay 10% tax on the first $20,550 of income as a couple married and filing jointly. The next $63,000 of income would be subject to a 12% tax, so two percentage points more on all of that income above $20,550. Let's use an example of a 65-year-old couple making $83,000 of income. Our calculations are based on some software that we have from KJE uh, Computer Solutions. The amount of income subject to tax is not $83,000. It's $55,000 and some change, $55,700 to be exact, due to the standard deduction and the age 65 deduction. The tax owed to the IRS on that $55,700 would be about $6,276, which is a 7.5% income tax effective tax rate, meaning 7.5% of that taxable income is being paid to the IRS. That's barely a fraction of that 50% Scott, that that people talk about that you owe the IRS out of your IRA. And by the way, if that couple has half of their income coming from Social Security, it actually drops the tax liability to $4,146. This happens because only a portion of your tax liability, I'm sorry, only a portion of your Social Security is subject to some tax liability. Now, that is just an example, and it's a, it's a very narrow example. Every tax situation is different, but here's our point about this. You should not be scared out of doing the right thing as far as you know your finances are concerned to try to avoid some you know booger bear that's out there, so to yep. speak, that, about taxes, because I think it's very easy to uh, prey on people who don't have any way of earning additional income. They've got to make this nest egg that they have last throughout their lifetime. And when you tell somebody that you're, they're going to pay 50% of yeah. that to the government, it raises the hair on the back of their neck. And you mentioned that is uh, just an example, and everybody's situation is different. But let's take that 7.5% federal income tax and even raise it to 10, let's say 12 even, if you want to go that high, and, and compare pulling a retirement income plan or creating a retirement income plan so that someone is systematically withdrawing from different sources, Social Security and their IRA money, uh, different sources throughout retirement and staying in that 10 to 12 to even 15 percent federal tax bracket as compared to the fear tactics that are out there that you're going to lose 50 percent of your IRA. And what do they want you to do? Most cases, it's take it all out in lump sum 
and hit the highest tax bracket, possibly before you even retire, which, by the way, is probably your highest earning years, right, right before you retire, and really get closer to that 50%. So the bottom line here is it's not, it's not scary to hear this, but the reality is the straight talk about taxes here is the systematic withdrawal approach is a way to save over the long run in taxes, especially if you compare it to a lump sum withdrawal. Yeah, and Troy, when you think about, let's say that you, uh, you're you right before you retire, let's say you're earning $100,000 a year, and let's say that you only have $200,000 in your IRA. If you pull that $200,000 out, now, as far as the IRS is concerned, you've earned $300,000 in income, and that, that $200,000 of IRA is going to be taxed at a much higher tax bracket. Right, right. So not only do you have higher income, but that higher income pushes you up into a higher tax bracket where you could have deferred taking money from that IRA and then spread it out across your retirement where you would have had lower income each year and you would have paid lower taxes. I think at the bottom line here, guys, it is the difference between holistic retirement planning and pitching a product because that's really that's really what's happening in these cases where someone is saying take your all your money out and put it in x product yeah and and scott that's that's exactly the motivation behind this they're trying to find a big lump sum of money and in a lot of cases here's one of the big pitches it is to get a big lump sum of money and put it into some type of cash value life insurance policy well, why would you buy a life insurance policy at that stage of life? Well, because supposedly the tax, uh, the, there are tax advantages to cash value life insurance. So here's, here's how this scenario would supposedly go. Uh, you take the, uh, this idea, by the way, has been around for a very, very long time. And given a very precise set of parameters, the strategy can potentially work. But it's of questionable economic value. Here's the proposition. You would spend after-tax dollars, dollars in which you've already paid income tax, and as we've talked about, money coming out of your IRA account or something like that, and buy, pay premiums on a cash value life insurance policy. Let's point out, guys, the first thing here is that you've got to qualify for that cash value life insurance policy from a health standpoint. Right. you got to go through underwriting. So first of all, you have to be prepared to be able to qualify for the life insurance. Any life insurance company is going to uh, make you do a physical to make sure that they want to write that life insurance on you. Yeah, because they they have a death benefit that is at stake. This isn't a, a financial transaction. It's an insurance transaction. So you, you go through that process, and if let's say that you are approved. After the fees and charges for insurance, the policy begins to accumulate interest. For example, let's say you put $10,000 in premium into a policy, and after charges, you have $8,500 in cash value. Now, the interest begins to accumulate. However, you would not owe any tax on that interest until it grows in excess of what your premiums were. So if you think about it, you put $10,000 in, you're not going to pay any taxes on the first $1,500 of gain in that because you're recouping what you put in, and you really wouldn't call that necessarily gain. It's just a recoup of, of what your premium was and minus the, the fees and charges. So you've got that deal going on. And so once you get above that $10,000 threshold, then anything that is paid into that policy is considered to be interest, but it's tax deferred inside the life insurance policy until you take it out. But 
the 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 caveat here is that you would execute a loan on that life insurance policy to avoid triggering a withdrawal and taxable income to you from that withdrawal on the interest that you earned measly as it might be you uh, you borrow this money out of the policy well guys when you borrow money what happens you pay interest you pay back mm-hmm. yeah and and it also Unless it's a student loan well, yeah, that, and that's in the news today. We but we digress. So let's stay on point here. We'll talk about that later. But uh, the you have this this loan that you take against the life insurance policy, which is a liability against the life insurance policy, and actually reduces your death benefit. But you borrow the money out to avoid paying taxes on it. And in the first place, you know, there's not a lot of interest that's going to accumulate over time in that. So it is a tax free loan, and all that works until it doesn't. Yeah, my thought here, John, and and you can explain this to the listeners, but obviously what if you can't pay that back? What if something happens where you've taken a loan and that can't go back into the policy? Well, you take that loan out and, you know, the idea would be to die and 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 leave the That's, loan out. That is not a good goal. <laughs> and and you you know, some marginal part of the death benefits right. paid to your to your family. But here's the here's where the real rub comes in. If you borrow enough money out of that policy, it's going to be in danger of lapsing. And if the policy lapses, then anything that was taxable that you've, you know, done this little scheme to get around the taxation all becomes taxable in the year that the policy lapses. Mm-hmm. So it can collapse within itself. It is just a specious argument, Scott. Mm-hmm. And I see people all the time getting all worked up about taxes and they are in danger of being lured into something like this because they just don't know any better. Yeah. So you've got two issues on the front end, the taxes you have to pay, which largely are going to be more upfront than you will over the lifetime of your retirement. And then secondarily, it is seems seemingly overcomplicating your retirement and and trying to stay on top of that during a time where you're really wanting to enjoy retirement and your cognitive skills actually may diminish right over time as well and having to keep up with that are you going to have someone who's there for you as well in a relational uh, capacity as an advisor to uh, to stay on top of that for you and I think those are the two big keys for me uh, as red lights or warning signs now the other side of this is the holistic plan that we talked about. And we do want to bring up, you know, we talked about that example of federal income tax brackets and the sources of your retirement income being taxed differently. We actually have upgraded our software that we use in the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process that gives us a lot of flexibility in addressing that gross versus net income issue. You know, we can put different sources in that get taxed differently and have that software analyze it and really be able to come up with your overall tax burden in retirement. I think that education and clarity are the keys here, Scott. When you stop and think about this, yes, should you be concerned about taxes in retirement? Absolutely. Yep. No question about it. It is a, you know, it is a drain on your retirement income. But when you take a look at what the reality is versus the hype, I think you've got to think about, okay, what is it that I'm really dealing with? Mm -hmm. And the software that we're talking about really does get very granular, very precise on exactly what you would be paying in taxes. 
And we've had a lot of people be very surprised that their tax burden in terms of dollars is really not anywhere near what they feared it would be. You know, uh, fear is is one of those things that can make you do stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and you don't want to do stupid stuff in retirement because there's really no opportunity for a do-over. Mm-hmm. So the, the antidote to that is exactly what you've talked about, and that's a comprehensive plan education and a comprehensive plan combined and when you think about what you can do so we talked about schemes we'll call them that are out there on uh, getting you to well prey on your fear of taxes going into retirement so what are some legitimate tax moves you can make as john mentioned earlier in the in the show there are really only two ways to get out that pre-tax money it's withdraw it and pay the taxes or convert it and pay the taxes there's going to be some taxes paid so How do you make some moves that can reduce that over time? Well, we did talk about the Roth conversion not always being the best option for someone who is walking up very close to retirement, but it is a great option if you're young listening today. If you're in your 30s or even 40s, now is the time to really think about maybe there's that old 401k that you left left an employer back when you were in your 30s and now you're in your 40s troy and it's maybe got 25 30 grand in it that is an that is just screaming for an opportunity to to convert it to a roth yes smaller balance retirement accounts pre-tax retirement accounts and if you have a long time until retirement those are prime opportunities for potential roth conversions Um, another thing that we can talk about a legitimate way to help out with taxes in retirement is just Roth contributions in Mm -hmm. general and who's most concerned about taxes. Well, everybody is, but especially high income earners. And if you're a high income earner, you may have heard that, that you can't contribute directly to a Roth IRA. And that is true. There are some ways to still get money into a Roth IRA, but I think a bigger deal is, especially if you work for a company that has a 401k, if they have a Roth option in that 401k, a lot of people don't understand this. You, If you earn a certain amount, you cannot contribute directly to a Roth IRA, but you can contribute to your Roth 401k, uh, no matter what your income is. Yep. So that, that can be a way where you can put a sizable amount of money into Roth accounts for retirement. Let's talk about what a high income earner is uh, under the rules of the Roth IRA. You can earn below $204,000 per year married and filing jointly and still contribute $6,000 a year to a Roth IRA if you're under 50 or $7,000 per year to a Roth IRA if you are 50 and above. In some cases, you can contribute to, as Troy was talking about, a non-deductible IRA and uh, then convert it to a Roth. So those are ways that, that you can do that. Now, that's tricky when you get into that as well, too. You can do that, but you, and you have to pay taxes on the gains when you do that, just like any other Roth conversion. Right. If it's, pre, if it's pre-tax dollars, you, gotta, you have to pay taxes on all of the money. But if it's an after-tax non-deductible IRA, you're only paying taxes on the gains. And where that is an advantage is if you are forward planning and doing that, you can actually not invest the money and immediately convert it. And there are no gains, right? So That's right. You're not, you don't have a tax consequence. But the thing you have to look out for there is other IRA dollars count into that aggregate equation. So it is best, that is, a, that is an option that is best for people who have all of their money maybe in a 401k, do not have a traditional IRA. They open one and create it and then convert things into a Roth. Now, this is down the rabbit hole a little bit, Scott, but that Roth IRA income in retirement helps you on taxes 
on non-Roth IRA money, meaning your Social yeah. Security. Yeah. Because Social Security is judged based on what's called something called provisional income. And the only thing that's not included in provisional income is Roth IRA income. And so if you've got a lot of Roth IRA income, it could make your Social Security less subject to tax. So there's a lot of complexity into that. And again, sitting down and understanding what the lay of the land is on the taxation situation is very critical to being able to overcome the fear that you might have of taxes and get the facts and then address them. One other thing I want to talk about before we get out of time here, and this is one that really is very apropos in this day and time, and that is selling your primary residence and capturing the gain out of that on a tax-free basis. Mm. That is something that a lot of people have the opportunity to do. You can actually exclude $500,000 of gain from the sale of your primary residence if you are married and filing jointly. Now, what that means is that you could make a lot of money on your on the sale of your primary residence. Maybe you're going to go rent something or go buy another house and not roll the equity back into it or whatever the case may be. That is a source of tax-free income that can supplement your retirement. Yeah, and a lot of people, when they get to retirement, they are ready to downsize. Maybe they have a multi-level home and they don't want to deal with all that anymore. Um, that's a good way where you can you know, find a more comfortable home and add to your total retirement savings and not have to pay tax on what you gain there. And by the way, the income from that also doesn't affect that provisional income for Social Security. So again, it can help you in lowering your taxes on Social Security. A couple other notes. If you're in high tax brackets, there's always the option of tax-free municipal bonds. They provide income that is free of federal income tax. If you invest in bonds from your state of residence, that income is, can also be free of state income tax. And again, we're just talking about the yields, the income produced from those. Uh, so not selling the investment, right, but just taking the income off of that. There are also, and that's, of course, only useful if you're taking money out of a non-retirement account because it's useless to be in an IRA. In an IRA. It's still going to be taxed at uh, ordinary income tax rates when you pull that out. And then the other part of that, too, is is there are some real estate investments that are very useful that we use here at GenWealth, too, on the income side. The distributions they pay in a non-retirement account can be up to 100% tax-free as well. That, that's absolutely true. One other thing, in the state of Arkansas, it's important to note that Arkansas does not tax Social Security income and it offers a deduction of up to $6,000 of pension and IRA income. So again, don't be fooled by this pitch that, you know, the government's going to come take 50% or some crazy number of your 401k or your IRA. It doesn't work that way. And I think when you stop and think about this, guys, when, when you think about the idea of properly structuring a retirement income plan, Let's talk about what needs to be involved in that. I think you need a team. I think you need a financial advisor team. I also think you need a tax professional because the tax professional is going to be the one that has to file income taxes. It's one thing for us to talk about it in a meeting room and give you some ideas, but if that doesn't get executed when it comes time to file your taxes or if they're not on the same page, then that can create a real problem, Troy. 
Yeah, uh, obviously, anything, anytime we're talking about taxes with clients, we want them to confirm everything that we are potentially wanting to do or th- what they're wanting to do with their tax professional to make sure that we are staying in within all the guidelines. We were talking before the show that the IRS tax code uh, has 9,346 sections into it. So it's a pretty complex uh, issue that we're talking about here. Scott, I remember when you first came to work at Gen Wealth, and we were uh, we had you on the show. You you latched on to a phrase that I think is very apropos in this case. You are the CEO yeah. of your retirement. You have to be in charge. And so, if you're in charge but you don't know a whole lot, what you got to do is you got to surround yourself with people that do know. And I think you need a tax advisor. I think you need a financial advisor. I think you probably need an estate planner, but that's a and that's a whole completely different conversation on taxes. It's a different type of tax. But I think that what you've got to do is you've got to have a trusted team working together. And that's almost a foreign concept these days mm-hmm. that we are so, transaction oriented in our society. I got to get this deal done. I want to go do this thing. I want to do it quick, just like this and I'll be done with. And it's really not always that easy. There it is. Perfect. Walked right up to the final bell. I thought you were going to mention another phrase is it's about a plan, not a product. That's right. And I think that's big here too. It's not necessarily directly uh, uh, involving the tax situation, but that's the the comparison we've drawn here, it is about a plan, not a product. Okay, time for our final thoughts, and Troy, we'll start with you. So every now and then we do a show that's a little high level, and I feel like that was today, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, there <laughs> was there was a lot of rabbit holes we went down. A lot um, of specifics. I, I think the main takeaway here is if you're concerned about taxes in retirement, you know, number one, don't let that uh, that fear put you in to where you can't make decisions about your retirement income and then really just sit down with a team, uh, an advisor, a tax professional, and let's just get a good plan together for you. I think taxes should never be the sole reason you make an investment in anything. It should be a benefit to you if it does reduce your taxes, but it shouldn't be the sole reason. Financial planning is about achieving balance in your financial situation, and balance is the right approach here. If you go hard on trying to avoid taxes at all costs, it could really cost you financially in the long run. So I agree that that sitting down with a financial advisor, working through that plan and getting them to help you put together a smart tax strategy along with your tax advisor makes all the sense in the world. Scott. So much value in a written financial plan. It's hel- it helps you understand. It helps you go back to for reference. And you can take the first step. My final thought is take that first step. What are your chances of a successful retirement? Find out for free by going to 15minuteretirement.com. Use the number one and five and then spell out minuteretirement.com. Or an even faster way is to text the word CHECKUP to 501-381-5228. Again, the number is 501-381-5228. Text the word CHECKUP to get started. The first step of finding out if you have the chances of a successful retirement. Well, that's all the time we have on this week's Get Ready for the Future show about taxes and retirement. We started off saying death and taxes. They're the certainty uh, for sure. But a wrong decision because you fear taxes could bring death to your plan for financial independence. We'll see you again next time. Thank you for listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. 
If you enjoy hearing from the Gen Wealth team every week, make sure and subscribe to the podcast. And you can always find us on social media. Search for Gen Wealth Financial Advisors on Facebook or on Twitter at Gen Wealth FA. The Gen Wealth Financial team is available to you 24 7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 866 653 PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas-registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC.